So we are one notch up and uh, some may say, well, uh, that's not much of a move, but it's a positive one all the same. Yeah, I mean, I think that the best interpretation is that it stayed the same. In fact, uh, you know, in ter- the, the, the survey would not see that as a st- statistically significant move. So we've stayed, we've stayed in the same position, which is, you know, I suppose better news than had we moved downwards. But uh, it still leaves us in the category of countries below the score of 50 who are perceived or considered to have a serious corruption problem. So it's not a cause for complacency. Not a cause for complacency, but talk to us about these countries that you are say we are ranked with. Who are they and why would we not want to be seen in that company? Well, you know, not very far below us are, are, are countries that... that uh, suffer from a degree of corruption that is going to be very, very difficult to turn around. I mean, there are, nobody knows exactly where the tipping point is, and I think it's different for different countries. But there are places one can go to that you can't come back from. You know, and one particularly interesting country, I think, on that list is is Russia, with a score, I think, of 29 and a placing of about a 131. Now, this is not a place that you can come back from. And I think South Africans need to be worried at rumors that they are our favored partner in this huge uh, um, possible nuclear uh, procurement deal. Uh, You know, I think you get involved in a public procurement like that with a country in that position on the Transparency International Index, given that that's an industry that is notorious for corruption anyway, you really are inviting a a degree of corruption into this country that we have not yet experienced. So we're we're doing better than our BRIC partners, BRICS partners. We're about seventh in the list of sub-Saharan African countries, which is interesting. You know, many people sit around their dinner tables wailing that if we don't get things right, we'll go the rest of the way of the rest of Africa. Well, there are several countries in the rest of Africa that are doing a whole lot better than us and that should be our role models, not our our fear. So, so yes, I, you know, I suppose the good news is we haven't gone any further. But, uh, you know, I think if last year they had measured the resistance to corruption, that would have shown to have grown enormously. And I think that accounts for the fact that... Uh, that we haven't gone down any any further than we did. The resistance has been growing over a number of years, and it's really at a very high point now. So uh, apart from that resistance, what else do you think can be done better as a country for that score to improve? Well, you know, the, the, you know that's a big question, and there are big things that can be done, and there are smaller things that could be done. I, I, you know, I think that the, the really big problem is a constant demonstration that if you have political power and wealth, you can get away with almost anything. So it's a problem of impunity, of no consequences. And one of the reasons why there are no consequences is that the the Hawks and the NPA, it seems their leadership is instable. Uh, there's constant conflict in the leadership of those organizations, and they appear to be deeply compromised as well. You know, and it's maybe not surprising in a country where 
you know, the ruling elite have reasons to fear an independent uh, law enforcement authority and an independent prosecutorial authority that they would be the most compromised institutions. But I think that's the real, that's the big problem. I mean, the, you know, we could tighten up our procurement procedures, we could t- tighten up our employment procedures, our recruitment procedures in the in the public service. But the big problem is impunity and uh, and chaos and evidence of corruption in those organizations that are meant to meet out the consequences for corruption.